Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Tonight, it's a new episode of All Rise, the legal drama where one judge is shaking up the system. When I take the bench, I'm taking a vow to fight for justice. One case at a time. Your Honor. We're going to trial. Simone Misick is Judge Lola Carmichael. Up on that bench. Everything is different. A new episode of All Rise. Freedom is at stake. It's important. Followed by a new episode of Bull, tonight at 9, 8 central on CBS. Tonight, it's the CBS original comedy, The Neighborhood. I need at least a month to prepare for a debate, not six hours. Actually, it's four hours. <laughs> no, my watch is broken, too. With Cedric the Entertainer, Max Greenfield, and guest star Wayne Brady. You gotta fund the schools or graduate fools. I stole all my lines. Look, don't worry, I got a plan. Okay, well, what is it? Okay, so I don't have a plan. A new episode of The Neighborhood. You're gonna have to give them a show. Tonight, 8, 7 central on CBS. You're in the clubhouse with Kyle Bailey. Back on a Wednesday morning, Sports Radio FNZ. Kyle Bailey with you in the clubhouse. And boy, we got a bunch to get to. A bunch to get to. And I want to start with the Carolina Panthers. Uh, I, I heard a lot this morning in the absence of T-Bone, Mac and Preppy chopping it up and had a really good time listening to those guys. I really, really did. Uh, and it got me thinking about a lot of things that Mac was saying. I I took issue with some stuff that he said yesterday about uh, his preference for Matt Rule over Sean McDermott and even Sean McVay, which, hey, Mac, I love you, buddy, but it's, it's, it's a little bit absurd because you cannot say that you would rather have a completely, entirely unproven coach in Matt Rule above a much, much more proven commodity in guys like Sean McDermott and Sean McVay. You just can't say it. But for me, I understand where Mac's coming from in his confidence in who the Panthers have hired. I really do, because I share that confidence with Mac in Matt Rule. I have been bullish on Matt Rule since the day that he was hired. Actually, you know, a couple of weeks before he was hired. I sat in the studio and I told you, about two weeks before he was hired, Corey Miller, pastor of pain, was in studio with me. Smoke is over there nodding his head. He was here. He heard it. I said, I think Matt Rule is the best hire for the Panthers. I, and, and my justification largely was I've followed this guy's career for years, and, and I've been fascinated by him, and he always seemed to me to be cut from the NFL cloth. That's what I think. That's my opinion. That is my belief. I also know, after having done sports radio and broadcasting for a long time, that I, I hate to admit it because I've never said this out loud before, but I, I've been wrong before. I have gotten things wrong. So I could be wrong about Matt Rule. Okay, I, I readily acknowledge that, but I still am a firm believer that Matt Rule is the right coach for the Carolina Panthers and that they are going to experience a great deal of success under his leadership as the head coach here. However, I cannot go so far as to say, like Mac, <laughs> that I would take Matt Rule right now over Sean McDermott, a man who just led his team to the playoffs again, and also Sean McVay, who led his team to the Super Bowl inside the last two years. Can't do it, Mac. I appreciate where you're coming from, but we can't do that. Now, I walked in here and told Mac when they were, I think, about midway through or early in the 9 o'clock hour. I knocked on the door and I walked in. I said, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. What did you just lump me into the same category as Preppy with? Again, he said, oh, you guys are jumping on me for my Matt Rule over Sean McDermott take. Well, 
Yeah, okay, yes. I, I, I did jump on you for that because you cannot say that right now. I mean, I guess technically you can, but it doesn't make any sense to me to say that. That said, I told Mac, hey, Mac, I, I think that you're going to be able to say you were right two years from now, maybe three. I said, I think you're going to be able to look back at this in a couple of years and say you were right about this take, but there's no way to be right about it right now. And And I think, first of all, Matt Rule's the right guy. Second of all, like I said yesterday, I think it's it, it is indisputable in my mind. This guy can t- he can t- uh, teach and coach football, college versus pro. Get it? Understood. There are different uh, there are differences. There are nuances. But football fundamentally is football. This guy can teach the game, and I think it's becoming obvious and clear, obvious and clear that his guys like him, and, and that much is absolutely becoming clear to most of us. Now I, I want to start here. Trey Boston, Panther safety, just got paid this off season. On Monday, yesterday, or two days ago, was asked about the Panthers' rebuild. From what we know, Carolina Panthers never had two back-to-back winning seasons. And uh, we're not saying it's going to be, uh, you know, mucho rapido, uh, but we plan on making a, a difference that stays for the long haul. And uh, we like, you know, the way Coach rules, you know, coaching this team up right now. He's, he's gaining a lot of respect from guys. There you go. So that's him on the rebuild. Here's Trey Boston more specifically when asked about Matt Rule, and he gets to the heart of what has been the, the the real, I think, sticking point for some people, Matt Rule's honesty or lack thereof. Coach is a, a, a guy who's going to be very honest. Uh, whether he's never played a down, he's going to let you know, you know, or whether he's, you know, played in college, um, he's going to let you know. Uh, so I think, you know, with him, you know, he can relate, but he also, you know, lets you understand that, hey, man, if I don't have the question or, or the answer, uh, I can give it off. And, uh, you know, I think guys are, you know, they're willing to respect that. Uh, so often we have, uh, you know, definitely coaches who, you know, uh, definitely believe in everything they coach. But, you know, Coach Rule is a guy at the head coach position who I think, you know, is, is you know very honest with his players, allows us to come to him whenever we need him. So, uh, you know, I think it's, it's, it just allows us and the other players to feel comfortable um, in this aspect, even though, you know, this is the, the NFL. Now, that guy just got paid, okay? Trey Boston just got paid. He's one of the probably two or three most entrenched starters on this defense right now. He's not angling for a job. He doesn't have to kiss up to Matt Rule. And when have we ever known Trey Boston to tell anything but the truth? I mean, I've spent uh, a fair amount of time around Trey Boston the last couple of years. He's done a lot of work in studio here at WFNZ. You know, he's one of those guys that, you know, if I'm in a post-game scenario in the locker room after a Panthers game, I'm there on business. I'm there in a professional setting. So I'm typically there to ask questions, get some audio, you know, say hello to my colleagues and then leave. But Trey's one of those guys that when I see Trey in the locker room, we always say hello to each other on a personal level because you can level with Trey Boston. You don't. I, I know a lot of people out there see he, that he's very vocal on Twitter with his politics and everything else. That's his right. But I'm putting that stuff aside. He's just somebody who's genuine. So when I hear him say that as an entrenched starter and a guy who just got paid, he's not angling for that. I believe him. And it's not the first time that he said it. And I told a guy on Twitter yesterday, I think it was Blake. Uh, I said, you know, there, there are, you know, uh, I think the way he referred to him was, you know, which first tier players on this roster? you know, are, are really coming out in defense of Matt Rule or coming out with a full-throated support of Matt Rule. And I, and I said, in all due respect to Blake, because I love the guy, I said, all of them. Are you, are you not paying attention? I mean, Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore, KK Short, I, the list goes on. These guys, they are gravitating to Matt Rule, and it's because of the things that Matt Rule is doing. This is going to be a season unlike any other. That much I think we can all agree on. This is going to be a season unlike any other. 
So this is one of those seasons where you can just sit back, relax, or try to relax and see where it goes. Because I think in the early going here, despite the insistence of some to make every perceived slight on Cam Newton, you know, the, the most egregious thing that ever happened and a referendum on whether or not this guy is fit to lead a football team, despite all those things, there are reasons for optimism. And the guys in the locker room are telling you, we like this guy. He's giving us a lot of reasons to like him. He's giving us reasons to trust him. He's doing the right things early on. We're building something here. And from what we've seen, we really like playing for Matt Rule. So am I? are we supposed to ignore that? Because some fans out there are in their feelings over a red quarterback jersey with a number one on it? I, I, it seriously, as grown adult people, are we supposed to really get in our feelings about red quarterback jerseys or red injury jerseys with number one on them? I know, I know. The evidence is mounting. All Matt Rule does not spend any time in his day thinking about Cam Newton. That's not how high-level, high-achieving football coaches, executives, they don't think like that. They just don't. Okay, I'm not saying they don't have some humanity. I'm not saying they don't have a petty streak. I'm not saying that you know they aren't like the rest of us in certain ways. All I'm saying is you don't get to be a seven-year, $60 million man by having your focus derailed and, and, and by... Your focus and your energy being siphoned away by someone you don't work with who doesn't work for you that you don't have to think about. And that is the case with Matt Rule and Cam Newton. This is not Matt Rule's focus. He's never coached Cam Newton, and in all likelihood, he never will. So this insistence by some that you know these are perceived slights, that they're throwing shade in ways that uh, we're, we're just not picking up on. I don't see it, and I think in some cases it's absolutely absurd. I really do. You know, if, if Matt Rule flames out and turns out to be a dumpster fire of a, of a head coach and a hire, I'll, I'll admit it. I'll say, hey, guys, I was wrong about that one. I've been wrong before. I'm not, I'm not afraid of being wrong again. It's going to happen. But I see no indication right now that this guy is anything but an energetic, easy-to-like, uh, accomplished college football coach who always wanted to be in the NFL and that David Tepper saw a great deal of promise and potential in. I truly believe that. And, and while David Tepper has not been perfect to this point in his ownership tenure, he has done a lot of good things. He has done a lot of right things. And while hedge funds and, and investments in Wall Street is not a, uh, a direct pipeline to the NFL, or I should say, you know, not everything correlates to running an NFL team. Those high achievers, guys in David Tepper's echelon, if you will, their tax bracket, you know, guys who, like him, might be seen as the greatest investor of his time, the Michael Jordan of hedge fund guys, he knows a thing or two about identifying talent. You know, identifying guys that can make him his organization better. He did it in the hedge fund industry for years and years and years. That's one of those things, too, that's always struck me about professional athletes, and especially high-level high professional athletes. They have an immediate recognition of high-level athletic ability. They have an immediate recognition, a recognition of who's great, who's elite, right off the bat. It's the same thing with guys like David Tepper. He recognized that immediately in Matt Rule. Now, I say that understanding full well that billionaires have made bad hires before. Okay? But I trust the hire that he's made here. I trust the words of Trey Boston. I trust the words of Christian McCaffrey and K.K. Short and the folks in that organization saying, I think they got a great coach. I've told you before. Somebody asked me the other day, why don't you try to get Steve Smith to speak honestly and tell you what he really thinks about Matt Rule? He has. He's done it on this show. More than that, though, the day that Matt Rule was introduced as the head coach of the Carolina Panthers in the atrium bubble, whatever they're calling it, that press conference that day, the, the pep rally, thank you, Smoke, I walked up to Smitty before I had to come back to the studio, and I said, what do you think? He said, I like him. 
I like him. I think he's got good energy. I like the way he commands the room. I like him. You know, he's like, well, we'll see. I mean, which is the obvious answer. We'll see. But Smitty said over and over again, I like him. I, th- I think they did well. So, again, we'll see where this goes. Time will tell. There's a lot of reason to like Matt Rule. But, Mac, I, I can't go with you on crowning him ahead of Sean McDermott and Sean McVay just yet. But I think and I certainly hope that a couple of years from now, you'll be able to look back on this moment and say, see, I told you so. And I think there's a good chance that you will. I really, really do. Speaking of the Panthers, coming up in about eh, 30 minutes, 1040, we'll talk to Bill Voth, content creator, Panthers.com. They're doing good work over there. They really are. And, and I, you know, I, I know it's easy to sit up here behind a microphone every day and nitpick and criticize, and that, that comes with the territory. But I got to give credit where it's due. The Panthers have, you know, gone above and beyond and, and met the challenge of trying to provide good content to their fan base at a time where fans can't be at training camp can't be at open practices. The live streaming of the practices and the scrimmages, you know, things they announced last night and some things they've been doing, I, I, I can't say enough good things about that. You want to keep your fans, and let's be honest, and it, it's a little different, but they're still, you want to keep your customers engaged at all times. This is a business. That's what they're doing. They're keeping their customers, their fans engaged. They're giving them ways to consume the product in the absence of the real-life opportunity to do so, and Bill Voth has been a big part of that. So we'll talk to Bill coming up at 1040. Bill's funny. He's a little snarky. Smart, too. We'll talk about the latest from Panthers practice. We'll get his thoughts on everything happening. And we got a bunch to get to. Loaded show for you. Brian Jordan, two-sports star, Braves, Falcons. We'll talk to him. Sean Salisbury, former NFL quarterback. Steve Smith. Smitty's back later in the show as well. Speaking of, we'll talk to Smitty coming up at the 1 o'clock hour. But first, when we come back, when we come back, some potential huge news out of college football. I'll tell you on the other side. You're in the clubhouse on Sports Radio FNZ. Sports Radio FNZ. Get your opinions raw every day. Listen to the Mac Attack anywhere on the radio.com app. This is Sports Radio FNZ. Sports Radio FNZ back with you on a Wednesday morning. Kyle Bailey here with you in the clubhouse. Coming up in 21 minutes, we chat with Bill Voth, a head content creator, Panthers.com. I'm not sure that's his exact title, but uh, Bill's good at what he does. And we love talking football, Panthers football, specifically with Bill. He's actually his official title, because I'm sure Bill's out there listening and uh, probably is going to give me a snarky response to this, assistant director of Panthers Digital and Broadcasting. But he's just good at what he does. He's a great content creator. We'll talk to Bill coming up in 20 minutes. And before I get to snap judgment, I told you there was some interesting breaking news out of college football. Um, and, And I say breaking news because it is significant enough and comes from a reliable enough source that it's worth mentioning and and you know monitoring. But Jeff Snook, and you may not know Jeff Snook, he's not a household name, but Jeff Snook has written several books about college football. He's a, uh, a very prominent Ohio State alumnus, and also uh, Jeff Snook, I, I know him well because despite his Ohio State connections, wrote a, a great autobiography for Frank Beamer couple of years back entitled let me be frank which is one of the greatest book titles ever but jeff snook who is well well connected in college football but more specifically ohio state reporting this morning that ohio state's athletics director is working to get five other big 10 programs to hold a 10 game conference schedule 
This Big Ten soap opera continues, and Jeff Snook again reporting that the Ohio State's AD is working with five other Big Ten programs to try to pull off a 10-game conference schedule. Smoke, that Big Ten situation, I don't think that is going to end well for most everybody involved because once you get a coalition of angry parents and kids, you know, Justin Fields with a petition, there's no way that thing gets resolved with the majority of the people feeling good about the decision that was made, regardless of which decision that is. Yeah, I'm starting to think that Kevin Warren's time as commissioner for the Big Ten is not going to last long, even if you agree with his decision. Because at the end of the day, it feels like he completely botched it compared to how Larry Scott and the Pac-12 did it. Like uh, Chip Patterson said yesterday, at least the Pac-12 came out with a 12-page reasoning for why they postponed the season. And every president and athletic director has been in unison talking to people openly about why they made the decision. It's been the opposite in the Big Ten to where it feels like Kevin Warren just made the decision. Some ADs are saying, heck, I don't even know if the president's voted on it. And you have all these parents and players just going off on them. And whew, it's, 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 it feels like an outroar of uprising going on between some of these schools. And at the end of the day, who are you going to pick? Are you going to pick Kevin Warren, this new commissioner? Or are you going to pick the power and the name and cachet that is Ohio State and Michigan? I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. But again, Jeff Snook reporting this morning that Ohio State's AD is working with five other Big Ten schools uh, program specifically to try to pull off a 10-game conference schedule. But obviously that is rife with complexities and issues because the Big Ten is not likely going to just sit back and say, well, I mean, if that's what you really want to do, I guess we'll give you our blessing. Right? There's no way it's going to be that easy. So uh, we'll see where it goes. I, I, I got a lot to say about that. But first... It's time for Snap Judgment. We can't have anyone freak out out there, okay? We've got to keep our composure. What the hell's going on out here? I'm not going to stop yelling because then that'll mean I lost the fight. Your language is offensive. Instantly, I regret saying that. That was a horrible thing to say. I may be wrong, but I doubt it. All right. Two days ago, we got the news that North Carolina, the one in Chapel Hill, after a week of in-person classes and inviting students back to campus in Chapel Hill, had reversed course and sent uh, everybody home, or at least went to full remote learning. A lot of folks going home, some are staying on campus, but that was the decision. And it was a big one. You know, because as Stuart Mandel said on Twitter last night, and this might be to some, you know, what's the best word for this? Cynical? I think we'll go with cynical on this one. How about that? Stuart Mandel Tweeting last night, it appears universities are going to try to pin their inevitable outbreaks on quote-unquote irresponsible students rather than dot 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 themselves for formulating completely unrealistic plans just to cash those tuition checks. Well, what do I always say? And lots of you too. It's all about money. The answer is always money. And if the answer isn't money, ask the question a different way. Dining halls, dorm rooms, that's a big moneymaker for colleges and universities. Now, to North Carolina's credit, so as not to seem like I'm accusing them of being crooks and thieves, I have had some people say, hey, they're they're returning our dorm money or they're prorating the dining hall money. That's great. Those things are all good. And I don't think everybody involved in higher education is bad, not by any stretch. I was involved in higher education for a couple of years. I'm very much appreciative for the advanced degree that I got. I had a great time. I learned a ton. But let's not pretend as if this isn't, you know, a, a function of capitalism. 
that these universities are out here trying to make money because they are. So there was a black eye. It looked bad. People were criticizing them. But the overarching point here, apparently, at least to some, is that this is further proof that the amateurism uh, sham, or shamateurism for short, has been fully exposed. In fact, our buddy Luke DeCock of the Raleigh News and Observer, who I wish was coming on today as opposed to tomorrow, but this morning released a column entitled Football on an Empty Campus. UNC sends clear message that student-athletes don't exist. And his essential thesis here is that, you know, playing a college football season on a campus with no students makes these guys essential employees. And that it shows that they're not students, they're just athletes. And at the end, he says, uh, but that also demands an answer to Garrison Brooks' first question. And by the way, Brooks' question was, so what's the difference between student-athletes and regular students? Are we immune to this virus because we play a sport? And he says, well, it demands an answer to the question, an acknowledgement that athletes aren't merely students. There's something else entirely, a protected class with its own obligations and responsibilities and one that deserves to share in the rewards. That's always been the case, but there's no pretending otherwise now at North Carolina or anywhere else. Well, let's point out first that it's not just North Carolina, Notre Dame, NC State, plenty of other campuses and universities opting to go full remote learning too. But here's what I would also ask. Or I would also say, can we stop acting as if if the ACC, SEC, and Big 12 play a season, that these these athletes are being led into the stadium on a prison bus in shackles? Can we stop acting like that, please? The, the overwhelming majority of these players desperately want to play football this fall. Those who don't, by the way, or don't think they can or should, should be allowed to opt out free of judgment, repercussion, and allowed to stay on full scholarship and take classes. And by the way, most universities are allowing these kids to do that if they want to. That I've seen, anyway. I heard Mike Florio this morning call college football a corollary or an extracurricular activity. Uh, no, it's not. It's what they're doing in exchange for a free ride to college. Now, we can debate the cost of a college education, whether or not it's worth it, you know, whether or not these kids are funneled into the right degree programs. All of that is legitimate. And I believe these kids should be allowed to profit off their name, image, and likeness. I believe amateurism, and in its current form, is in fact a sham and should be reformed. But can we please stop acting as if these kids are being taken to the stadium on a prison bus and led down the tunnel in shackles and being forced to play? They desperately want to. For some of them, their NFL careers might depend upon it. If it's not safe, don't play. But it sounds as if these student-athletes, and many of their parents, by the way, especially in the Big Ten, believe it's safe for them to play this college football season. And if that's the case, then why not let them play? That's Snap Judgment, inspired by Carolina Custom. If you can dream it, they can build it. Go to carolinacustomwheels.com. Bill Voth coming up here in just about 13 minutes. We'll talk some Panthers football with him. I, I just, again, I, I'll keep saying it. If it's not safe to play, don't play. I, I, I believe that. But at the same time, it's not as if these athletes are saying, we, we really don't want to play and they're going to make us play. Yeah, Smoke, it's a, it's a different thing. I've used this example before. But, you know, I, when I went to grad school, I went to grad school on a full ride. You know, I, I got an academic scholarship. But in order to get that scholarship, I had to work as a graduate teaching assistant in graduate school. You know, I had to grade papers. I had to give, I had to give the occasional lecture. I had to proctor tests. I had to meet with students and give them tutoring. That's what I did when I was a graduate student in exchange for my full ride. I had to fight and fight and fight with the graduate school to also let me host an afternoon radio show. I was working 80, 90 hours a week. I don't recommend it, by the way. It's not good for you. But I, 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 there's no way I was giving up my afternoon drive radio show you know, when I was still in Blacksburg because I wanted to get my graduate degree. It was a great opportunity, but I couldn't afford not to work. I had to. 
I did. I had to. But most of the time, they won't let you. I told the department, I said, if you won't let me work, then this I, I can't do this. This is not going to work out for me. So in terms of the student-athletes, I bring that up to say, yes, they're working 20 hours a week on their craft, on their sport. They're doing so in exchange for a scholarship. Do I think they ought to be able to profit off their name, image, and likeness? Absolutely. I think it's criminal that anybody else could profit off of your name, image, and likeness. That's always been dumbfounding to me. I also don't believe these kids ought to be cut payroll checks, especially not all of them. The 53rd guy on the roster does not deserve a payroll check, in my opinion. A free college education, name, image, and likeness. Hell, triple the stipend if you want to. I'm all about that. What these kids get does not change my own life in any personal way. My only real issue here, though, is that you have a lot of well-intentioned people out there who aren't trying to lead these kids into their untimely deaths because of COVID-19. They're listening to these players. They, these players understand that they are least at risk demographically to die. They understand that others, as a result of their irresponsibility, may be at risk. But their own personal health and safety is not so much. <laughs> I mean, they, they understand that they will be tested thrice weekly and that there will be monitoring and EKGs and echocardiograms after the fact if they do unfortunately contract this virus. Yes, we can be cynical and say it's all about running money through these states and universities. That is an aspect of this. No question about it. But do we have to be so cynical as to pretend like these guys are being led into the stadium against their will and being forced to play for our entertainment like it's the Roman Coliseum, man versus lion? Stop. We don't have to over-dramatize this so much. If it's not safe to play, don't play. But if it is and these kids want to play, then let them. There's nothing wrong with that. All right, before we get to John Fo- or before we get to Bill Voth coming up in about 11 minutes, I've had a lot of people ask me about the John Fokey situation with the Hornets. Here's what I know. Here's what I'll say. I, I'm in the... Uh, let's call it unique position of doing this show, hosting the Hornets pregame show, working with John every single night on the Hornets pregame show. For those that don't know, John tried to send out a tweet two days ago while the while watching the Utah Jazz Denver Nuggets game. He was trying to comment on the shot making in the Jazz Nuggets game, and instead of typing Nuggets, he typed the N word. He pressed send. Apparently, minutes went by. He didn't realize what he did. Then his mentions started blowing up. He realized what had happened. He deleted the tweet. He went silent for a while, then he issued an apology and a statement yesterday morning, prompting the Hornets to issue an apology and a statement, suspending him indefinitely while they conduct an investigation. John spoke to Scott Fowler of the Charlotte Observer yesterday and explained himself and and explained why he did what he did. I never in a million years would have expected something like that to come from John Fokey because in the short time that I've known him, I've known him to be nothing but one of the nicest people that I've met. At the same time, John made a very egregious mistake, and he knows it. Now, whether or not that was a a function of his autocorrect reverting to something that hopefully he doesn't, but in theory could type and use casually, or if it was an honest mistake because dashes don't prompt autocorrect and the the, the letters are all closed, I don't know. I really don't know. I know it's a bad situation, a very unfortunate incident. It's being investigated. John is very sincerely sorry, I believe, for what happened. But at the same time, you have to let due process take its course the hornets will do their due diligence to find out what they need to know to determine a decision i'm not going to tell you what to think about it it was an unfortunate situation one that i know he deeply regrets where it goes from here that's your guess as good as mine i don't have much more to say because i wasn't there and i haven't spoken to john because i'm sure he's dealing with a lot right now and and i hope the best for all parties involved that's all i got we'll come back we'll talk to bill voth panthers.com They're doing a great job giving practice access to fans out there. We'll talk about that and what he's seeing on the practice field. You're in the clubhouse on Sports Radio FNZ.
Radio, FNZ. All you need to know, the best sports knowledge resides right here. Listen to the Mac Attack anywhere on the radio.com app. This is Sports Radio, FNZ. On Sports Radio FNZ on a Wednesday morning, Kyle Bailey, Evan Smoke, Ludwig back in the cockpit. We've got to get to what he learned in class yesterday. He doesn't know it, but that's a new feature on the show. Smoke is a uh, a college student who's going to be in and out at times during the semester because he's finishing his degree. So we decided without him yesterday that on days he has to be a little bit late for work because of class, he's going to come back to the show and give us a full book report of what he learned in that day's class and lecture. You go with that? Might as well. Might as well. So that you look, you were if you can if you can regurgitate it, it means that you learn something. So I think this is going to be mutually beneficial. We'll get to that in just a bit. We got a lot to get to, but uh, right now we keep talking Panthers football. Training camp is rolling on up at Bank of America Stadium, and though the man's official title is assistant director of Panthers Digital and Broadcasting, I prefer supreme content creator at Panthers.com. Bill Voth is back with us on the Technicom Hotline. Bill, how are you, buddy? Yeah, that title's a mouthful. By the way, what happened this morning? What do you mean? With you. You called, and then you were all, like, formal, calling me Mr. Yeah. Like, I was in a weird mood. Like, you got to buy me. Yeah, it just, it was, yeah. It well, was, I, well, like, you just asked me very formally to be on the show. You can shoot me a text and be like, Bill, can you come on and come <laughs> Yeah, but see, the thing is, I called you because I hadn't talked to you in a while, and I thought it felt a little bit impersonal to just send you a text out of the blue, so I wanted to do it in a more personal mm. way. Is that, that okay? That would have been nice. I'm sorry, yeah. <laughs> yet another meeting, so. But, yeah, you can. You feel free to call me. Okay, good, good to know. Good to know. Hey, by the way, t- tip of the cap to you and the team over there in very weird times to be able to deliver some of this live content to, to the fans in the form of, you know, live streaming practice. Was that sort of a, uh, a no-brainer thing? How did that come about? It's a no-brainer. I wouldn't say it's a polished product yet. Um, you know, we're so used to the nine years of Ron's practices and practice scripts and knowing how these practices are going to time out. And the one main thing that all of us have learned from rule from these first few days is that every practice is unpredictable. So with these live stream rules, we can only go on during individual periods um, in one-on-one periods. We can't show you like team periods. Uh, so when those individual periods fall, and I know I'm getting a little too inside baseball here, but they've been falling at different times throughout the day. And then we're trying to juggle on these special guests from out of town on these Zoom calls. Oh, no. <laughs> I, I, that sounded like an accident, but, man, I wouldn't be shocked if Voth just hung up on me to mess with me. All right, we'll get him back on the line. We'll figure out what happened right there. Bill Voth, Supreme, I'm going with Supreme Content Creator, Panthers.com. Uh, we'll get him back on the line and talk Panthers. Again, they're giving you a live stream look at some of these practices. I think that's tremendous. Lots of great practice write-ups from uh, the likes of Miles Simmons and others. And, of course, outside the team site, uh, you know, Joe Person, the obvious, and Elena Getzenberg and others. All right, here we go. Bill Voth back on the line. Hey, buddy, go ahead and pick it up right where you left off. You were talking about, about the live that. stream. It's all good. Yeah, no, no, no. It's just, um, I'm giving you a little inside baseball here that people might not care about, but it's just these practices and these practice scripts every day are different. Um, and that's one of the things I think that rules bringing is that he wants his players. It's not every day is going to be the same thing. This is going to be different today. This is some kind of 
different drill you're going to be doing today, which is making it harder for us from a production a production. <laughs> you can't script this stuff. Are you kidding me? All right, Smoke, we'll try to figure it out. Get him back one more time. If it happens again, we're going to know we got a problem. That's unbelievable. I just... <laughs> Bill Voth, Panthers.com with us. I don't know what's happening there. All I know is they're practicing. I want to know what he thinks. I was getting ready to ask him, is Matt Rule a liar? Because I wanted to know what his reaction would be. Uh, if, it, if it happens again, we'll, we'll know we have a, a phone line issue on our hands, probably on our end, but we'll give it one more go, and we'll try to get him on the line. Hey, by the way, coming up in about 40 minutes, 39 or 38 minutes, whatever the math is here, Sean Salisbury, a 10-year pro quarterback NFL, little stint in the CFL too, USC alum, and now host of the Sean Salisbury Show down at Sports Talk 790 in Houston. Uh, a little bit of NFL and a little bit of college football with him. Uh, he's uniquely positioned to talk both, and I really want his perspective on the Pac-12 and what shutting down the season means for them. But but we got him back, maybe, possibly. I think we're going to call the uh, the office line here. Uh, so while Smoke does that, yeah, we're going to talk to Sean Salisbury in about 37 minutes here. And I can't wait to talk to Sean because he's coming off the air down in Houston and giving us a call. And I know he's going to be breathing fire about this college football situation and the NFL. But we'll go back to Bill Voth, Supreme Content Creator, Panthers.com. He's back for a third time. Bill, let's try it again. With a non-working cell phone, apparently. I'm really sorry about that. It's all good. We're on a landline now. Cool. All right. So uh, you were talking about the inside baseball. Go right ahead. All right. So... Let's try this a third time. Um, so, yeah, so just the one thing about these rule practices is that you just never know what you're going to get. I'm not trying to sound like Forrest Gump there, but that's I think that's by design. He doesn't want his players to really kind of get into a routine um, and kind of get comfortable because if you don't know what you're going to get every day, it's always different and it's always new, and um, you don't really kind of fall into any complacency. So uh, I think that's one of the interesting things that we've seen here in these first few days. It's just it's made it really hard from a production standpoint because we don't know um, when we're going to be able to go live, when those individual periods and those one-on-one periods fall, and then we're also trying to juggle these special guests from all out of town on these Zoom calls. So it's made for um, – I'm, I'm balding even more than I usually am. Um, but hopefully as we get a few more of these practices in, maybe they'll start to stabilize a little bit um, time-wise and we'll be able to do a, a little bit of a cleaner production. Have you been able to discern whether Matt Rule is a filthy, stinking liar, or is it still kind of out for debate? <sighs> it keeps you guessing. Yeah. That's the way to put it, isn't it? Yeah. No, I agree. I, like, I'm joking. I really like the, I like the hire. I like what I hear from him. But I, there's just these people out there that are so skeptical of him or so critical of him already, having not coached a game. Why do you think that there is that disconnect between some of this fan base and the reality of who Matt Rule is? Well, I mean, I think you'll, it'll always it'll always go to that combine press conference and him saying he was excited to coach Cam. And I can tell you um, 100% that he did mean that, that if Cam Newton was his quarterback uh, this year, he he would have been excited to work with him, and he would have, and he would have worked with him. Um, I don't believe at that podium he was lying. He was, he was saying, uh, he was answering the questions that he was asked, and he was excited to work with Cam. Um, it wasn't ultimately, really, you know, completely Matt Rule's decision to, to do that. So I don't think fans will ever get over that, and I understand that. But also, we have to understand, and I've said this for so long. I said it privately. I said it publicly. Ron Rivera was in. It, He's, he was he was so honest as a coach publicly it was incredible like coaches aren't supposed to be that honest and Ron kind of just always kind of said how it was where the coaching profession whether it's in college or whether it's in the pros they 
you, you do have to take stuff with a grain of salt. Where Ron was just like, oh, okay, he said that. He, he didn't treat things like it was the CIA, which maybe to his and, and the team's it was to his and the team's detriment at times. But with Ron, when he said it, um, it was just, you, you kind of just took it at face value. Um, but really in a coaching profession, it is a lot of just stuff that um, uh, you really have to kind of read some tea leaves and really not take it at face value. So maybe I think some folks have to get used to that Matt Rule's more of a, a traditional, typical coach when it comes to, to speaking, um, because nine years of Ron just kind of just, just saying things and, oh, okay, I guess that's what's happening now. Bill Voth, Panthers.com. He's with us on the Technicom hotline. Who has uh, really opened your eyes thus far in training camp? I think it's it's just it's so early, um, and they really, I mean, it was, it's been two days of pads. Is it one day of pads or two days of pads? I can't even remember. Yesterday right. was the first day, right? No, I think it's been two days of pads. Oh, okay. But um, that's why, and I know people are upset that there's no live tweeting during camp, but I've always just kind of live tweeting during camp, always just, I think there needs to be context with it. That's why you get, I don't know if you were here, Kyle, a few years ago, that's why you get the Lee Wards of the world. Oh, yeah. You know, um, people like, we're just like, okay. And, and so he does something in training camp practice, but you need some context behind all of it. So uh, I wouldn't... I, I wouldn't say anyone's really jumped out. Um, I mean, Jeremy Chin's fitting in um, where where you would expect him to. Um, I think uh, I thought Eli Apple had a good day yesterday. Um, I think they're challenging him. Uh, I think they're bringing him along a little slowly because um, he came in with a little bit of a knock. Um, but I think they're challenging him to earn earn that starting spot across from uh, from Dante Jackson. But I thought uh, he had a good day yesterday. Uh, and then Brian Burns yesterday was just again. I mean, they're not they're not really going full go, but he really dominated yesterday's practice. Um, so um, I don't think you'll see him playing Gunner too much this year, but we'll see. So do, do you – I got a lot of people overwhelmingly telling me this defense is going to be awful. Sounds like they don't they, – they kind of take exception to that, and as they should. But as you kind of have watched this this group over the past couple of days, does anything stand out? Should we – is it a possibility they exceed those expectations? What do you think? Um, I mean, I think it won't be hard to exceed the expectations because the expectations are so low. Right. So, um, so I think sure can they exceed the expectations? But of course, there's going to be growing pains. That's what I mean. This is this is what Matt Rule does. Now, do, will they be a one or two win team? I don't think so. I think they're I, I think they're going to be a little bit better than the whole oh they're rebuilding. They're going for the first you know the number one pick. I think you know that that starts at the quarterback. And I don't think I don't think Teddy Bridgewater is a one or two win quarterback. And I think you need to have a Jimmy Clausen or somebody like that. To, to win one or two games. And I think, I think they're better than, than most people think they're going to be. Now, say six wins, is that great? Six and ten isn't good. But it's not this, oh, woe is, you know, we're, we're going back to 2010 right now. So, um, you know, they've got, they've got plenty of dynamic pieces on offense. Um, and then defensively, I think they understand there's going to be growing pains. Um, but uh, that's, that, that's, that's how they've built this thing. They want so many of these people to be um, under 30. Um, and to be able to be molded into this culture uh, that that Matt Rule wants to build. I agree. I, look, I, I agree with what you just said. We got Bill Voth with us on the Technicom hotline. Last thing, buddy, I'll let you go. You know, in, in terms of this offense, Joe Brady, you know what it's going to look like. Have you been able to discern much about what we should call this offense? What we should expect? I know I'm I'm ex, I'm expecting to be excited, but that's about all I know right now. 
Uh, yeah, that, I think that's about all I know right now, too, because, again, I've, I've only seen three practices, um, and so much of these you just you have to take with a grain of salt. But um, I would think and I would hope that maybe it won't be so much Christian McCaffrey um, and the, the ball will be spread around a little bit more um, because it just it, how, how much longer can he deal with that workload you know i'm sure he's got a few you know but but you'd like to see you, you'd like to see some of that that offense spread around um to the other weapons because they certainly have them and and, and so i think that's what's going to be interesting is 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 getting the ball quickly into the hands um and they, they, they tried to do that the last couple of years but to do it even more now or get the ball in the hands of a dj Moore, curtis samuel robbie anderson um but especially dj and samuel they're not they're not just receivers they're they're running backs with the ball as well um which which north turner knew and tried to do but i think it's even more important to do that now to take some of the load off of christian mccaffrey's shoulders all right, Bill Voth, Panthers.com. He's with us on the Technicom hotline. Good to hear your voice, buddy. I'll send you a much more casual text next time. Good to hear you as well. Good to hear your voice as well. <laughs> I'll see you so, soon. Thanks for reaching out. Good to talk. Huh? All right, man. Bill Voth with us on the Technicom hotline. Good conversation there, though. Uh, the technological gods tried to thwart it a couple of times. We appreciate him. We got a bunch to get to. Coming up in, I don't know, 29 minutes or so, 39. My math is terrible this morning. 29 minutes. We'll talk to Brian Jordan, former two-sports star, 15 years in Major League Baseball. Played some safety for the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, we'll talk a bit of baseball and a bit of football with him coming up at 11:20. A bunch, and I do mean a bunch, to get into. But when we come back, something released this morning that exonerates someone that I suspected might have been innocent all along. We'll tell you next. You're in the clubhouse on Sports Radio FNZ.